Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Our theme this year, and, you know, I, I don't know why. Well, I, I, I do know why. Um, I, I start praying usually sometime in the summertime, usually uh, July, August, for the theme for the, the coming year. And God really burdened my heart for this idea of being resolved. And as we have looked at the life of Joseph over the last several weeks, Joseph was resolved. He demonstrated his love for God many times as we have as we have seen but as i have watched the events of the uh, events of, of europe unfold i've seen resolve among believers like i've never seen before uh, this morning uh, as we were getting ready to walk out the door, my wife read me a, an email uh, that she had uh, she had seen from a pastor in Ukraine. Uh, and and in this email, he uh, was writing it. He was writing the email Saturday night their time, and he was writing a friend in the United States, and he said. He said, basically, he said this, I'm in the midst of preparing my message for tomorrow morning. And if my church is still standing in the morning, we will have church. That's resolve. I, I honestly... I heard that this morning and I thought I thought to myself this. I thought, what kind of Christianity do I have? If I was in that same situation, would I be doing the same thing? And the, and the reality is this, <clears throat> I don't know. Until I'm in that situation, I don't know. But as we look at the life of Joseph, we see a man who is resolved to walk with God, no matter what his circumstances were. Can you put up the, the slide for me, Mr. Chris? There you go. And and those of you, again, I'm, I'm so proud of myself. Is that the right one? Is that number seven? Okay. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Man, we're missing something. Okay, anyway, um, I, I have been working really hard at this. The, you know, those of you understand, I'm 61 years old. Technology does not come easy to me. Okay, so anyway, I'm just proud of this. Anyway, um, so we see we see the, the the God's timeline for the life of Joseph to we see it unfolding, if you would, <clears throat> over the last uh, several weeks. We've been talking about this. Um, last week we 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 kind of focused in on the temptation that Joseph uh, w- uh, was encountered uh, with Potiphar's wife. And we saw Joseph handle that situation in such a way that it 
It brought honor to God. Joseph's life, <clears throat> his short life up to this point, was has been full of turmoil, if you would. Uh, he was mistreated. Uh, he was sold into slavery by his own brothers. His brothers hated him. Um, his faith was challenged. He was lied about. Uh, I, I mean, you name it. This poor young man had, had been through just about all. And now we see another step in, the, in God's timeline in the life of Joseph. This morning's message is, is framed and imprisoned. Framed and imprisoned. Let's read Genesis chapter 39 in verse 17 and following. <clears throat> and she spake, and the, the, the she here is Potiphar's wife, and she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The, the Hebrew servant which thou hast brought uh, unto us came in unto to me to mock me, and it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard these words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did, thou, did thy servant to me uh, uh, that, his, um, that his wrath was, uh, was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And uh, <clears throat> he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and slew him, uh, or excuse me, and showed him mercy. Uh, and yeah, that was not good. Um, and and uh, <laughs> showed him mercy and gave him favor uh, in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did, uh, there he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not at anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, uh, and that uh, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Let's pray, dear Lord. Thank you again for the opportunity to come together and and look at your Word and be challenged by the life of Joseph. And Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts this morning and, and challenge our lives and help us, dear God, to be more like you. Not to be more like Joseph, but to be more like you. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, slide number eight. Here we go. So, <clears throat> the, next, the next event on the timeline is prison. So Joseph here... Uh, is 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 put in prison, uh, but before we get into the message, uh, I I want to I want to clarify a, a question here. Well, actually, kind of two questions. Why prison? More specifically, why that prison? I want you to kind of think about this because because if this is an important part of the puzzle to the life of Joseph. Why that specific prison? 
as we consider the, the timeline of Joseph's life, we have to keep in mind the goal. What is the goal here? The goal is Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. Let me read it to you. Uh, but, but as for uh, you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it uh, unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. So can we go back to the, to the slide? <clears throat> Thank you, Chris. So the goal is to get Joseph from being sold into, uh, into slavery to Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, where he could save what would become the nation of Israel. How does God get a little shepherd boy from Canaan to be prime minister of Egypt? It doesn't happen by accident. He puts people into his path and he puts events into his path. He puts what we would call circumstances into his path. And as we look at the life of Joseph, it is important that we understand that each of the events of Joseph's life has a reason and a purpose. We talked about the fact that Potiphar's house, the, the first stop, if you would, Potiphar's house, Joseph needed that experience because he needed to learn the language. He needed to learn the Egyptian culture. He needed to learn the government structure because Potiphar was a government official. So he needed to learn all these things. He needed to learn how to interact with the, 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 the elite, if you would, of the Egyptian society because Potiphar was part of that elite group. And being the, the steward of Potiphar's house, he would have had to arrange a lot of the meetings and I'm assuming they would have parties and so on and so forth. And Joseph would have had to learn all of these things. And it was the first step, if you would, in God's plan to get Potiphar, or Joseph to be, to be able to be the prime minister of Egypt. Think about this. God had a plan for Joseph's life to get him from there to there. Could Joseph have been able to be prime minister of Egypt if he had not been part of Potiphar's house as a slave? He wouldn't have been able to. Now, I want you to think about this. Could he have been prime minister of Egypt if he had not spent time in prison? Let, let me rephrase that. In the king's prison. Okay, now this is this is interesting. Okay, you got to follow me here because if you lose me here, then it, it's, it's a mute point. But it, it is very specific here that, and that we read that um, Potiphar put Joseph into the king's prison. Who, who goes to the king's prison? The king's enemies. The, the, 
it was all part of God's plan for Joseph's life. And we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk more about that here in a few, in a few minutes, but I, I just wanted to kind of plant that seed because it's specific the circumstance that Joseph finds himself in is part of God's big plan for his life. Now I want to say this. There are times when we face incredible circumstances and we ask the question, why? More specifically, we ask the question, why this circumstance? I don't know. But I do know this. God is in control. God is in control. I don't have the answers. I never will have the answers. Joseph did not have the answers. But he let God control his life. Now most of you know that pre-COVID, <clears throat> I had the privilege to minister out at the Lovelock prison. <clears throat> and, you know, COVID came and they, they shut down all the volunteers and everything. Hopefully they're going to, I'm hoping they let us back in. <clears throat> but that was never anything on my to-do list. I never had a desire to go to prison, <laughs> voluntarily or not, okay, just saying. It was never on my radar. I never, I never dreamed that God would ever open that door, but God opened the door and kicked me through it. Uh, anyway, I am glad that he did because I have learned so much about myself because of dealing with the inmates. I want to share with you some things that this morning that I have learned. And one of the things that really kind of caught me flat-footed, if you would, is something that I've heard many times. But the first time I heard it, I, I just, I shook my head and I said, I, I said, what? And that is this statement. And I've heard it, I can't tell you, it's countless times I've heard it. And that's the statement. Pastor, I'm glad I'm in prison. Pastor, I'm glad that I'm in prison. And, and, and every time I hear that, I am stunned. And I ask the question, why? Why would you say that? And it, it is always one of two answers. This place is where I found God. Or, they say, this place is where I got right with God. And as I have heard that countless times, 
every time I hear it, I, it's like I hear it for the first time. Because I, I'm, I'm just being transparent this morning. <clears throat> I cannot comprehend that kind of happiness. I just can't. I remember one time as I was sitting in a service, I was getting I, the, the <clears throat> I was getting ready to uh, preach a, a message, and the guy who was leading this particular group, <clears throat> he was standing up up in front of everybody, and I and, and okay, number one, there's a whole different language in prison, okay, and when I first started going, I, I understood about half of what everybody was saying because they just have anyway <clears throat> so it took me a while to understand the, the the culture within the prison but anyway this guy was up there and he was he was praising god it, I, I forget now it's been too many years but he was praising god about something but in the, in his time of praise he made this statement that I'll never forget. He said, as most of you know, I'm doing life without. And the, the prison lingo for that statement is, he's doing, there's, there's two ways to do a life sentence, with parole and without parole. So basically what he was saying is, I'm doing life without the possibility of parole. And I sat there, and I literally, I looked at my watch, and I thought, you know, in about an hour, hour and a half, I'm going to be walking out of here, and I'm going to be free. And I could not imagine spending the rest of my life knowing I would never see the outside of a prison again. And not only was he praising God but he was praising God knowing he would die in prison and as I tried to process this my faith was challenged and every time I think of this story, Joseph, I think of this man. But the fact is this. <clears throat> Today, he's a free man. A few years after that statement, his conviction was overturned. And they... <clears throat> They, they, they determined that he was, had been incarcerated <clears throat> um, uh, falsely and that he was completely innocent. And today he he drives a truck today. And he, he has a family. Well, his mom and... I found out later that he has a son that he's never met. 
He spent 20, I think, 21 years in prison for something he didn't do. And as I have thought back to that testimony many times, standing there giving praise to God, knowing in your heart that you were completely innocent, to me has even more impact. Why did my friend spend 20 plus years in prison for something he didn't do? I don't know. But I do know this. Countless, countless inmates were saved because of him. He was a soul winner like, like you cannot imagine. He, he led guys to Christ all the time. And those that came to prison that had been saved, that had gotten, gotten away from God, many of them got right with God because of him. And I have asked him on multiple occasions. Well, I'll I'll get I'll get to that and I'll get to that in a minute. Let let me let me get just give you point number one, and I need to get moving here. Uh, Point number one: false accusations. We we see the false accusations in verses seventeen to twenty-one, as we read a minute ago. But as I, as, I, as I read through this on multiple occasions, um, there were a couple of things that kind of jumped out at me that, that really didn't make sense. And I want to share these with you because whenever there are lies involved, there, there's always things involved that don't make sense. The first thing we see in verse 17, <clears throat> about halfway through, it says, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came unto me to mock me. The word mock there literally means to laugh or to humiliate. But what was her accusation? Her accusation was was not that. It was something far worse. But as I read that, I thought, you know, this statement smacks of pride. And here this woman's pride was hurt. The old saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, is true. She was out to get him. Pride can be a very dangerous thing. The second thing that I, that I see here that I found to be somewhat very interesting, uh, we see in verse, verse 19, and it came to pass uh, when his master heard, heard the words of his wife, when she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And my question is this. His wrath was kindled against who? Now we assume it's Joseph. But I, as, I, as I looked at this, I thought, I don't think so. I think his wrath was kindled 
against his wife. You say, well, why, do you, why do you say that? I'm glad you asked. Because the, the, the first, the, there's several reasons here, but the first reason is because uh, he didn't execute Joseph on the spot. The, do you think Potiphar had the ability? To, I mean, he's the king's right-hand man in, in the military. Do you think he had the ability to have one of his soldiers just say, okay, take him out, he's done. Absolutely, Potiphar could have done that. But the most telling thing uh, to me is in the next verse. Let's read verse 20. And Joseph's master took him and put him in a prison. The word put literally means to place or to set. Now, do you think that if Potiphar was really mad at Joseph, that he would have took him and put him into prison? No. What, what phrase would we use today? He would have thrown him into prison. He probably would have killed him, but he definitely wouldn't have put him into prison. And he definitely wouldn't have taken him to prison. The other reason I think that he was mad at his wife and not Joseph is because of the prison that he chose. He chose the king's prison. The, the Riviera of prisons, if you would. If he was truly believing his wife, do you think he would have chosen the king's prison? No, he would have chosen the worst prison that he could have gotten. And also, Joseph, or excuse me, Potiphar, was probably in charge of the prison. Now he wasn't the war. I don't believe he was the warden of the prison. But let's go back to to Genesis chapter thirty-nine in verse one. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, <coughs> captain of the guard. There's a very good likelihood that part of Potiphar's responsibilities was to, to keep track of the prisons. So Potiphar takes Joseph and he puts him into the king's prison where he could keep an eye on him. Because he knew in his heart that his wife was the one to blame. He was just doing this to save the family honor. Regardless of <clears throat> why Joseph was in prison, the, 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 the truth and the reality is he was still in prison. The circumstance that God had put him in, it was all part of God's master plan for the life of Joseph. You know, the, the reality is this. When circumstances come into our lives that are unfair, 
we can get discouraged, can we not? And I'm not claiming that Joseph wasn't discouraged because I would assume he, he, he probably was. But he never lost his resolve to walk with God. Point number two, let's look at Joseph's response in verses 21 to 23. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed uh, him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison uh, committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, <clears throat> uh, that they did there, he was the doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not at anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that, <clears throat> and that uh, which he did... The Lord made it to prosper. Two things here that I want to really point out because this is this is telling of who we are when hard times come. There are generally two things that confirm if we are Guilty or not guilty of an accusation. And that is this, our actions and our attitudes. When, when, uh, when our kids were little, we could always tell if they were lying to us. <clears throat> Every kid is that way because of their actions or their attitudes. Our actions and our attitudes give us away every single time. Joseph here was a man. His actions honored God and his attitude was resolved to serve God. We never read anywhere that Joseph tried to argue with Potiphar. It wasn't my, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Potiphar or, or Joseph Joseph never tried to argue his case. He just he just stood there and he decided, you know what? No matter what the circumstances are, I'm just going to do right. That's what Joseph did. Even though he was in, incarcerated, Joseph decided he was going to do right. John chapter 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I have had inmates at Lovelock tell me that they've never been happier in their lives. That's a strange thought. That's a strange thought. Because you know what? True freedom does not come because of our circumstances. It becomes, it, it, true freedom comes because of our, our heart attitude toward God. 
First Peter chapter 3, verse 16. Having a good conscience, that there were, thereas they speak evil of you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that false, falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. You know, if you're going to live for God, people are going to trash you. It's just that simple. Our, the word conversation here is lifestyle. It means our, our, our lifestyle. Not just what we say, but how we say it, how we live. And if, if your conversation is in Jesus Christ, people are going to say things about you. False accusations are going to be made. But how are you going to respond? Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and following. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have heard and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the peace of God shall be with you. I love verse 7 of this passage. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus through Christ Jesus. If we can explain it, then it's not from God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. We cannot understand the peace of God. It's impossible for me to sit here and explain to you how my friend who was falsely accused and imprisoned for over 20 years could stand up and give a testimony praising God. And, and, and I can't, I cannot, I'll be honest with you. I'm just, again, I'm just being transparent. I'm jealous of that kind of relationship with God. This morning in my quiet time, I sat and I prayed and I asked God, God, give me that kind of peace in my life. In a world of tribulation, in a world where things are just seemingly spinning out of control, God offers peace that we cannot understand. Let me say this. My friend, in all the years that I've known him, and I've known him for many years, I've never one time, not one time, ever heard him complain about his circumstance while he was in prison or since he's been out. In fact, one time I even tried to goad him. Uh, <clears throat> after he got out, I, I was trying to trying to goad him to see what he would say. And and all he the, the, all he would say is, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. I long for that kind of peace. Joseph had that kind of peace. But you know where my friend found that peace? 
found that peace in prison. Do you know why many of us will never experience that kind of peace? Because we don't go to prison. We run from circumstances when they come into our lives. See, it's in the it's in the valleys of our lives. It's in the hard times that we learn that peace. Number three. <clears throat> I want to see Joseph's faith on display. In closing, I just want to make a few statements here and we'll be done. To the best of my ability, I tried to figure it out, but to the best of my ability, Joseph, at, at the time he went to prison, was 21 to 23 years old. Just a young man. And back then, they when they when you went to prison, there was no sentence. You you just went, <laughs> and if they ever let you out, you were lucky. Joseph went from being a slave to a prisoner, but it was all part of God's plan. Can you put slide eight back up, Chris? See, this is so important that we get a hold of this. Why that prison? Because it was in that prison. Who who was in that prison? <clears throat> All the dignitaries? I dare say, I don't know, but probably there were probably even members of the royal family in, in that prison. Because if the hey if the <laughs> if the Pharaoh was having a bad day and you look sideways at him, guess where you were going? It didn't matter. And and next week we're going to be looking at the the baker and the butler. Two two men that had had incredible influence with the Pharaoh. So this prison was full of people that had had understanding of the inner workings of the palace. And Joseph, the Bible says that Joseph had free reign of the prison. And don't you think that these prisoners would sit for long hours and talk to Joseph? I mean, what else did they have to do? Talk to a little Hebrew slave thinking, this kid's never getting out. I'm just going to pour my guts out to him. Little did they know God had a plan for his life. And as Joseph sat in this prison day after day after day and heard the inner workings of the palace, God was using that because what was the plan? Joseph was going to be the prime minister of Egypt. How could he get there? He had to go through prison. He had to go through that prison.
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. You get that? No, no difficulties that we are going through in the present time seem joyful, joyous. Good times. Chastenings are those difficult situations. We don't, we don't, as we're going through these things, we don't sit there and go, oh boy, this is so much fun. No. But grievous. It's hard. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth a peaceable fruit of righteousness. You can't find the peaceable fruit or the joy of your soul until you go through the difficult time. Unto them which exercise their mind. How did my friend find this joy that he has and lives with every day? He found it in prison. Someday I'm going to get him here. I want to get him to give his testimony. How do we find that kind of peace? How do we find that kind of joy? Yeah, I, I, let me say this in closing. I know most everybody in this room. And I can look across the, these your faces and I, and I know some of the struggles that you guys are going through. Or, or I, I should say, I shouldn't say I know them, I know about them. And I can say this, I, I cannot understand, I cannot comprehend what you're going through. But I can say this, God is in control. Just as if Joseph were to be able to come to me as he was being marched into the prison, him, him look at me and say, Pastor, why am I having to go to prison? I would say, Joseph, I don't know. But God has a plan. I don't know. All we need to do is resolve to walk with God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding can be ours if we will yet trust Him. Let me close with this. It's our theme verse of the year to go along with the, the, the theme. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this is, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? How did Joseph do all the things Joseph did? It's because he walked with God. Let's resolve to walk with God this morning. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. <clears throat> Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives because <clears throat> quite honestly we live in a world that is full of turmoil but our peace 
can only come from you. We can have peace in the midst of turmoil. Only if we'll walk with you. Peace that passes all understanding. As we close our service this morning, we let me encourage you. Is God speaking to your heart this morning? If He is, I want. Let me encourage you to respond. Yeah.